0: Welcome back to Off the Net. I'm your host, BJ Picard. Thanks for hitting the download button. Well, AFL 2-8 is finally upon us. Players are reporting to camp today and tomorrow, taking physicals, getting the administrative stuff taken care of before practices on Friday. We've also got the national broadcast schedules coming out. It's CBS Sports Network today, ESPN slated for tomorrow. It's good to have football back. I think if you listened to Commissioner Butera on the podcast last week, probably pretty excited about the 2015 afl season just from a football perspective i think it's going to be a fun year i think the parody this year is going to be as good as it's been in quite some time it's going to be fun to watch you know and as we're heading into camp i think a lot of teams and fans are really optimistic about their chances this year i mean let's just run down the list real quick arizona we know they're good cleveland how do they bounce back from arena bowl can they replicate last season jacksonville huge moves in free agency they're going to be good Las Vegas, what are we going to get there? Sound a lot of KISS guys, a lot of guys Aaron Garcia has been familiar with throughout his career. You never really know what you're going to get from an expansion team. LA, I think, is going to be much, much better. New Orleans, Tampa, they're young. We don't really know what to expect from them yet. Philadelphia, lost some key pieces. How can those holes be plugged? Portland, forget about the record. They were a playoff team last year, and they almost beat the Rattlers in Arizona in the first round of the playoffs. How are they going to follow up that campaign? San Jose, loaded with talent, you know they're aiming to unseat Arizona. And then there's Spokane, lots of roster turnover, and we need to see who's going to step up there. But one of the guys that we know is going to be up for the task is actually my guest today. Funny how those segues work. He was selected second-team All-Western Athletic Conference at the University of Hawaii in 2008 and has since strung together four straight 100-catch, 1,300-yard seasons in the AFL. Originally discovered by the Pittsburgh Power at an open tryout in 2010, he's now entering his fifth season of arena football and his second in a Spokane Shock uniform. Pleasure to have him on the program. He is the Joystick, Mike Washington. Mike, thank you so much for joining me today. How'd you end up with the nickname the Joystick? Uh,
1: you can thank uh, Jason Willis for that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think my, my rookie year in, uh, when I was in Pittsburgh, uh, training camp, you know, I'm going against all these guys who played in the AFL for an extensive amount of time. Um, I'm a rookie, trying to prove myself, and, uh, you know, uh, I got the name of Joyce here because the uh, way you move the analog on the Xbox controller, uh, they say I run my routes just as similar and stuff because I'm so smooth and fluid in my my routes, and I make turns and cuts at, at, a, high, at like a high volume of speed that, you know, it's just hard to get out your head out so your can break, so, Ever Jay Jay Will said, Oh, that's Joyce bigger, like just man, got the coming and just
0: off You know, a lot of the top receivers in the arena game are more of the big body touchdown targets, but how have you been able to separate yourself and make such a difference being five foot eight, hundred and seventy five pounds?
1: Yeah, I mean, your attributes and what you can bring to the table, like, um I mean my whole black been shot because of my size. Oh he's too short. But his hand's not big enough I'm like man I don't know what planet y'all are on but it, it, I never realized the you know, height determined that you win those games so I never I never you know fit into the stereotype man but as you said you reiterate man these, the, the most team like big 6'4 big body guys can go up and get the ball but you know I'm fast I'm quick and my ability to separate from defenders and not get touched and jammed at the line you know that makes a wide open target and stuff and, uh, you know, the quarterback see me and it's just a, it's just a pitch and catch game, but, you know, you gotta know what you bring to the table, and I know what I bring to the table, and then, uh, I just can't, bring that same mentality and to day in and day out. I can't practice in the game, cause, you know, it's something about short guys, it's what we feel like we got a lot to prove, man, because, you know, we don't have six 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 five body frame, we don't have a long wingspan, but we're quick, we're smooth, we had you see players in the NFL like former players of our best, uh I got Chad Owens you see uh Dave Arn off I see him have success, man. I'm like I'm super happy for them guys. I'm like, man, you you represent also all the guys who fit in the stigma of being a football
0: player. Eighteen games is a long season, man. It takes a huge toll physically, but one of the things that you've been known for in the AFL is how well you take care of your body. I think sometimes the casual fan overlooks just how elite arena football players are as athletes. But, I mean, health, nutrition, those are things that you take very seriously. What does your diet and training regimen consist of? Uh,
1: consist of, like, okay, so, um, no, no, like, I'm done with the whole heavy man, you know, lots of weights, you know, three fifteen to 25 and all that stuff. That was, like, more calorie, but, you know, as you age and you progress, you got to do more of, uh, more like resistance, well, I don't say you got to. Well, I do more resistance band training than anything else. Like, my reps in general, is, is like only like two three sets of like 15 reps with, with light weight. And when I do more calisthenics, like more body movement, more uh, your own body control, body movement, more dynamic things in that nature. But my biggest secret is just doing yoga and like doing like nature hikes and things in that nature, bike riding, just those things. So, it keeps me loose, it keeps me limber. Then I also like my nutritionist and my diet, and my lifestyle. I follow, man. You know, I've been mean? like, I don't call myself vegan or vegetarian. I just follow like a plant based lifestyle because I really don't. I really try to stay away from labels and stuff, especially labels that have like their own personal ideologies and things in that nature. So, uh, I just follow a plant based lifestyle and stuff, man. So, I get a lot of oranges and fruits and vegetables and stay away from meat and things of that nature and I high sugars and high salts. And them things help you in the, in the stretch going down the ceiling, which is very important, man, because uh, you need your players, all your best players to be healthy as you can while you're making the push for the playoffs or, or while you're in the playoffs. So that's my secret, man, doing a lot of yoga and stretching and uh, doing a lot of pressure release point stuff because a lot of people don't, uh, i say a lot of athletes don't really do yoga as much and stuff, and, or do a lot of pressure point release things and that nature. So that definitely helps uh down and 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 get
0: older, the yeah, I mean, I can speak to the yoga. I am a huge GDP yoga advocate myself. It certainly makes a difference just in, in how you feel every day because we all have stressors in our lives, and, and that's the thing about diet and exercise. You know, It's really difficult to commit to that because everybody's busy. It's hard to find time, and, and without getting too far into economics, eating healthy can definitely be a challenge financially. I mean, I can pay $4 for a salad, or I can get four burgers for a nickel. It can be hard, you know? But you've committed yourself to staying disciplined and maintaining that natural, healthy diet. So how do you stay on top of that?
1: Oh, um, it it's just uh, education, man. Like, education will... Uh, I think education will debunk a lot of that thing. Now, you're right. You know, it is expensive, and that's a whole different political, economic view. I, you know, I could touch on, but uh, for the purpose of the conversation, I keep football. Um, but, it, um... Simply, man, your body don't really take that much to be energized. But first of all, you got to hydrate your, uh, your body, which means drinking a lot of water. And most people, I don't think most people do the, the average I think like eight, eight cups of uh, water a day. You know what I mean? So, uh therefore, you know you dehydrate dehydrated, and that nature. But for me, it's just it's a simple. Uh, I mean, dinner for me is is a salad tofu or something like that or I'd eat gluten-free or flaxseed pasta or something like that it's, it's really simple man and um, uh you know it is all about being educated and staying disciplined man because some people would do it for like a week or two and then next thing you know they go back to the old way of doing things and I think that's because yeah I think it has to do with like a part of it has to do with like education because the more I forget, the more I discover the more I find out you know, the more I'm like, no way I'm staying away from that. <laughs> so, uh, I think that's one of, the parts, one of the factors that, you know, most people can't stay disciplined to it and stuff. So you just gotta, you know, you don't, you don't, put, you don't, uh, pressure people on your viewpoint. You just, you know, just let them figure out for themselves. And I always tell people, if you got a, you got a question for me, just ask me, because I'm also got my certification in nutrition. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a lifestyle more than a, a diet or a thing. I kind of all this every day.
0: It seems like disciplined is a good word to describe you. Not only in terms of health, but you're just a very committed person when it comes to film study, game preparation. Your teammates describe you as somebody who's just very cultured, very well-read, very well-rounded as a human being in general. When you're not on the field, how are you spending your free time? Oh,
1: uh, <laughs> lots of reading, man. I always been like a little nerd at heart, man. Uh, you know, I read a lot about, like, African history, religion, uh, science, uh, astronomy, astrophysics, um... Even in the lab department too. Like I just like to like like I like to surround myself as much different as possible and and just, just know more. And I think that I think that niche came from when I was when I was in Hawaii for five and a half years going to school out there because when I got out there it was such a big culture shock coming from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and uh, like you got different, you got people out there who come from all different walks of life, different backgrounds, different ways of grieving different religions. Uh, way you dress, the way he, I mean everything, so I was kinda like in the culture shock. But the more, you know, I, the more I started to adapt the more I started to be open-minded about things, the more now I start pouring in and then like my uh, my world would just open up to a whole different world perspective. So, you know, I just gravitate towards those things and I um, well around I think the reason why i probably like, like my, my network and like my close friends and stuff come from like different walks, like Asian here, Buddhist here. Uh, Indonesia there Malaysia here Korean there so it's, it's, it's real good
0: you know I wonder if some of that has to do with you moving around a lot as a kid high school in Pittsburgh to college in Hawaii is one thing but you've lived all over the place Germany Japan I mean what was it like having that kind of nomadic childhood overseas and abroad I, uh, I think it was still growing
1: up man I think it was like a military thing. I went from Germany I went from, went from Korea I went from Kansas I went from It's tough when you're a kid because, you know, uh, you're oblivious to what goes on in, in adult life and you just worry about playing with friends and, 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 and those uh, friends you meet in school or stuff like that. And, uh, you know, you start to connect, you start to with your friends. You know, either you're leaving or they're leaving in, like, the next couple years from now. So it's just hard to, like, establish a real uh, networking when it comes to, like, social relationships as a kid. but growing up and, you know, uh, you start to get wider and older, man. You start to appreciate that and start to, you know, uh, be open-minded about people's different walks away life and things and that nature. So, uh, to this day, I think it was one of the most, uh, one of the most, uh, memorable things I can, I went through as a kid. So, uh, I'll cherish it. I cherish my time in Hawaii and, you know, I'm just looking forward to making Uh, connections
0: in the, in the future. Getting back to football, you've put up big numbers as a receiver in the AFL, but you played running back in junior high and high school. What was the transition like to move from the backfield out to the perimeter? I never played running back in like junior high. I mean, I started at, I started at running back in uh, high school because I started out as freshman
1: in high school and they just they put me in the kept using me in like the slot at high school, so I kept going from, it was like Backfield to the slot because I just stuck with the slot. So, uh, i always been in slot through high school and through, and through college and stuff, man. It's really not, I think with today's game, is really no difference. Uh, you know, the running back can be moved, or slot receiver can be moved in the backfield. You see it in today's game, especially in college football, and you see it in the NFL, they use, uh, got an multi-back system, system where you got a fight, who can go out and make the catches, you got a scatterback, you got a power back. So, it's kind of the same thing, it ain't really. Ain't really that much difference, man. Besides, like you know, I'm not gonna. I am not going i do not like being a slot receiver at like 200 and 190
0: pounds. So <laughs> that's, that's probably the only different like weight wise stuff. But it's kind of similar, though, to be honest. You were a member of the 2007 Hawaii team that was arguably the best in school history. You also had a yeah. couple of other future AFL stars on that team: Shane Austin, Francis Maka. Uh, what are some of your favorite memories uh, on the football field from your time in Hawaii?
1: on the many, man. Uh, on the field, it's just every victory I won and just like, the, it, it's just hard, man. I mean, if, if I had to take a personal one, it'd be like, uh the catch I made was only oh, state that made top five. That was, that was like memorable. That was something, you know, on the field back uh, in November. But it's, most of the memories come off the field, man. When we're climbing at the airports, man. When we're at the hotel, when we're in like, different states, man. You know, some of the local guys, some of the local ones, man, have a thing. So never. So, we was in Michigan, like, in my freshman year, and it started snowing. We played Michigan State, you know. They was, you know, their minds were totally blown. And they was stop playing in the snow, and it was crazy, man. So, it's more of the things that take off the field, man, than, like, on the field. You know, on the field, it's just, you know, every victory I've shared from God, and every loss, actually, man, it's just something was shared with, like, me, Francis, and Shane, we always— Communicate via Twitter or text messaging and stuff. And talk about the good old days. So it's, it's good to have you, guys, being successful
0: in the league as well. You actually came to the AFL by way of an open tryout in 2010. And open tryouts to me are really fascinating because you get the handful of guys that kind of roll off their couch because they rocked at high school football 10 years ago. But then you also get the guys like you, who're world class athletes with big time college football resumes. So what do you remember about your open tryout process?
1: That was tough, man. Because I was going through a time right now where I didn't even, um, I didn't know what I was going to do with football, man. I, I was doing all these CFL workouts here, paying for CFL workouts here, doing combines here, uh, got the results, man. Running four three, putting up 225, 20 plus reps, uh, got the results, but no, no calls back. So I was like, in like a two year limbo, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out. I'm going to do it with myself, man, you know, funds was running kind of short. So I started applying to, to the Air Force, to be honest, man. I was getting all the recommendation letters, talking to the recruiting scout, and getting ready to apply to the Air Force. And I found out I was going to open a workout coming to Pittsburgh. And, you know, my family just encouraged me, like, you know, just you give me one more shot, you know what I mean? You see what happens. And I was like, man, I don't know, man. They all the same, man. Them open trials are just like a collection plate for somebody's salary or something. They don't matter pick nobody up. So um, uh, the first open workout, I think they just gave a shot, there, Went out there and, like, once again, put up crazy numbers. And I think when it came to the one-on-ones and Chris uh, Sickford, former uh, Pittsburgh power coach, uh, he saw me shake them guys and buy them. And he invited me to a private workout where there's going to be, like, a lot of big big name and, and things of that nature. And I went to that one, and I tore that one up, too, and had a lot of oohs and odds And, you know, Chris was like, hey, man, I ain't never seen movies like that. And such and such to be proud to be part of the team. And I was like, holy crap. You know, I was, like, a huge weight off my shoulder. And I was just so happy Chris took a chance on me and stuff. He like, this a guy who got no AFL spirit, he's never been in the NFL, and, you know, he took a shot. And that's all I asked for, and and I ain't never let that man down. So, ever since that moment, I've just been taking off, man. So, that that was
0: it. So, you were actually in the process of applying to the Air Force, huh? What attracted you about the Air Force?
1: (laughs) Oh, I just always had a fascination with planes and jets and stuff, man. I was going to be a pilot. So, you know what I mean? I was just like a little childhood, you know, uh, fascination that I was going to make it become a reality, so fascinated fascinated in that department, and I was, I was almost there, <laughs> I was almost there, but you know, just the, it's just a fiery burn that kept me out of it, because man, I'm sitting here like, and what else do I have to do with me, I'm putting up numbers, uh, you know, they telling me I'm too short and stuff, but I'm like, you draft, and receiver is shorter than me and way less than me, so I'm like, I don't really get it, so uh, I went through three agents already, so it was just that fiery burn proving other people wrong, man. It's time to It still sticks with me, too. That's why I still try to put the numbers I do and be successful as I am because I've never got the opportunity that everybody else had. you know what I mean? Like, you had your shot. You got to work out. I'm asking to just get my foot in the door. Like, you already had that, and I not So, um, that's, just, that's just the fiery passion that keeps me right until
0: this day. Well, it didn't seem like it took you very long to start turning heads once you got to the AFL. Uh, but for a receiver especially, sometimes this game, it's really challenging with the walls and the angles. It's a different sort of animal. So, you know, what kind of learning curve did it take for you to work through your first season in arena football? Um, I think I kind of had a I I kind of had a, a shortcut as far as, like, uh, arena football because it's
1: predicated around the quarterback and there's a lot of don't there's a lot of option routes. Like you got to focal route, go post or a corner, or you do this and do that. And then on uh, Hawaii, you run to shoot paper. It's like the hardest paper I ever had the study. But once you got it, it's like playing back a football because every route is an option route is, and you got to pre-snap beat the defense. So uh, I was using those principles that I learned from Hawaii and transitioning to the NFL, and I kind of had a like an early end start of being like, you know, a rookie and reading things. The only thing I had to adjust was the space there. Some, some places have low roofs, some practice places had low roofs, some have high roofs, and some places you can't always get a wall, so, you know, uh, you got to practice on an- it's angles and spacing, man, spacing is so, angles and spacing is the main key component as far as, like, separating yourself from the defender or being an incomplete and a completed pass, man, it's, it's so vital to that game because you're playing in a in box, so. Once you get that down, you understand routes, I mean, you understand angles and space, and then you can use your talent to kind of jazz up your own route that you timing down with quarterbacks. And once you have once you a timing down with, like, a great quarterback like Eric Meyer, which I played with, and uh, uh, Bernard Morris, then, like, it, it's just, like, playing backyard ball, like backyard football, and, you know, the Sky's winning.
0: Who are the guys you really enjoy going up against in the AFL? I mean, what guys bring the most enjoyment to you when you burn them for a score? Uh, I think they all do, to be honest.
1: But the ones that stick out, um, I don't know, going against, going against Kaiser all the time. When I was in Pittsburgh, we played Philly like three times a year. Kaiser, he wanted he a good quarterback in his league. And the guy is super patient. I mean, he knows the game, like the bad hand, but the guy is just like super, super patient, man. And... And once you jump on a route, he's jumping on it. Like he reads very well. And uh so that I mean he sticks out, you got a got four in Arizona that sticks out and even last year with Spokane, man, like like the West was a whole different beast, man. Like you got <laughs> you got to be on your game every day down here, man. So uh I man a lot of other quarterbacks that stick out too of them. I'm probably forgetting. But like this for I know when I was back in Pittsburgh, kind stuck out a lot. Cleveland D-D, the DB, number two, CJ, man, he sticks out. He's like, he's a big bull back there, man. I'm like, holy crap, like, he brings the pain, man. He brings the thunder back there, he's physical. So I know every time I got when I'm playing against Cleveland, it's going to be a physical matchup because they like physical corners, man. And, uh, and Lee Brown as well, man. And LJ, all them man, they're very physical. So the whole defense is that core for, uh, Leland and you know, Philly was tired, in, you know, uh, uh Romaine was doing back there too. So, I mean, it, and then in the West, when I got here in the West, it was everybody, it seems like. So, you, you constantly got to be in your game and study tape and, you know, just find a niche because, uh, you know, you got Kenny Fontenelle up there in San Jose, he's one of the greats. You got Floyd in Arizona, he's one of the greats. Uh, you had, great, I think he went Cleveland. Congratulations with the NFL, and uh so you know, because you got to be in your game, and you play and city these guys three times out of year. Sometimes four, you make the playoffs, so you got to find little niches and little ways where you can you can get them. Because by that time for a game, they know your routes and know what you're doing, so you got to
0: find different ways around it. Yeah, and you'll be seeing Kaiser a few more times this year in Arizona.
1: I uh, know the offseason transactions have has been crazy, man. Especially the ones in Florida. I think Jacksonville Orlando. I'm like, every time I see a transaction going through, I'm like, these guys are making a big town land down here, man. <laughs> Everybody actually, but I'm like, man, all them guys I like, you know, the Florida rivalry should look very interesting this year. So, season's looking real, uh, looking great so far, man. And, you know, I'm pretty sure it's, it's going to be probably be one of
0: the most excited camps for some things. Now, when you came to Spokane last year, the team was stacked at receiver. This year, there's been so much turnover, it kind of feels like you've got a completely new team. As a veteran leader, one of the few guys, at least on offense, remaining from last year's playoff team, how do you approach this season with all these new faces? And you know in Spokane, expectations are going to be high, but in a lot of respects, you've got this new team that you got to bring together.
1: This it's one of possible. Like, um, you know, this is my fifth year in the league, so I'm pretty sure that the team and the players and also the coaches that are going to probably rely on my veteranship to kind of court some of these young guys. And even the guys from last, the guys that rookies that's still their first year because I think, you know, they still they still kind of considered rookies in a the way that too because, you know, they still just got their foot wet now they in the thick of things. So, uh, as a, as a veteran receiver, I'm pretty sure they're going to lean on my veteranship and, you know, I lead more by actions than it's, it's rare that I speak up at any time unless like i you know, picked off or something like that. But uh other than that, I just leave you by example. That's throwing up early. I mean it's practice I said, I'm there around like five o'clock, I'm doing like my yoga stuff, pressure point release stuff, weight lifting, in the training room, watch the film, all that, and I stay asking to catch extra balls, uh watch them film and things in that nature. But well, camp being what it is, man, it's, expectations is high, and We had a lot a lot of like, I think we have close to, like, 18 rookies coming in. It's it's a high number, so uh, it's a it's it's a a whole different it's a whole different ball game, man. I think it's transitions on the field, it's transitions in the office that's been going on, so and then, you just got to deal with it the best way you know how, man. Some things you can't control, so I'm only going to control the things I can, and that's you know, on the field and in between those white lines, and you know, and uh, try to make it and get some wins and man to keep the fan base uh, happy and honest because that that fan base up there in Spokane, they're <laughs> they damn let you know, man. They <laughs> they're not shy of, of what's their opinions, man. So uh, you know, we'll we'll be alright.
0: Yeah, shock fans are certainly not shy about sharing their opinions. You know, I had Eric Meyer on a couple weeks ago and we talked a little bit about that, and I'm. I'm betting he's gonna hear plenty when he comes back to Spokane on May 16th.
1: Well, money is a good man. Money is a good guy, though, man. It's hard not to. It's hard not to love that guy, man. Money is good on the field and off the field. He's he, just a great. So, but you know, Spokane man, Spokane man. I'm pretty sure they're gonna let him have it. But uh, in some way, I think he, you know, deserves like a, you know, a welcome committee, man, and uh, you know, clapping. Uh, I would not say standing ovation, but you know. The way he did the
0: Spokane and stuff of that nature. But yeah, Money, money is a great guy. But Spokane, is Spokane they're, going, they're going to let him have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, good deal. Now, I know you're a Twitter guy. Is that the best way to, for fans to interact with you on social media? Uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, i usually on Twitter, man, just keep up with, you know, former guys and see what's going on in transactions and things like that. But uh, yeah, pretty much split. I think that's the only form of social media I have at the moment is Twitter, man. I'm not. <laughs> You no, know, yeah, Facebook, and Instagram, i like that's, that's too much, I'd be distracted
0: and I won't have time to read, so it's Twitter at this moment. I tell you what, that's refreshing to hear, Mike. Um maybe it's just the jilted writer in me, but it seems like it's difficult to find people who can read more than hundred and forty characters at a time these days.
1: Yeah, it is, man. It's you know, we're in a digital age now, so uh it's everybody distracted, man. It's the next iPhone and Snapchat, Vine, Facebook, Instagram, uh, at this, at that. So, uh, you know, it's a gift. technology is a good and a curse, man. It's, it's useful at times, and sometimes, you know, depending on, you know, how you use it, it can really take over one's life, man. You know, you're going down a crazy, crazy path and stuff, man. So, uh, I just, for me, I just personally just try to tweet anything that's football related, sports related, or nutrition and stuff, man. I don't get into like Twitter uh, beef or things and, that, and things and that nature, like you know, you see with like these high-profile guys in the NFL or celebrities or whoever, was, whoever may be. So, um, you know, I just take the PG and um, you know, go about
0: it that way. I think that's a good way to approach it, man. Well, thank you so much for your time today. That's all the questions that I got. Uh, I want to wish the best of luck to you and the Shock heading into camp, and uh, we'll catch up with you down the road. All right, thank you. I appreciate it. There you have it, folks. Mike Washington. Probably the only athlete I've ever interviewed who reads about astrophysics in his spare time. Interesting guy, and that's what I've loved about doing this podcast. You can see what Mike Washington is on the field. You can read the stats. He's a really good football player. But when you start to peel away the onion, people are fascinating. And Mike was certainly one of the most interesting and insightful guests we've had on. Really smart guy, very well-spoken, really just a pleasure to talk with him. And hopefully you enjoyed listening. That's going to do it for today's show. I want to once again thank my guest, Spokane Shock wide receiver Mike Washington. Tremendous player on the field, tremendously underrated as well, if you ask me, and a very intellectual and interesting guy off the field. So thanks again to Mike for taking the time to talk today. Remember, Off the Net is available for download and subscription free of charge on iTunes and SoundCloud. We'll see where it goes from here, but until we meet again, I'm BJ Picard. Thanks for listening.